This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay, so if you can just introduce yourself, where you're from, your name and where you're from, I'd be... I'm Chesky Bramowitz. From... Okay. Um, where did you go to high school today? Yeah, yeah. So I have a hard time believing in Kabbalah. Because it just sounds stupid. So uh, I want to know your thoughts on it. Yeah. You wanted to wave a wand and you should disappear. You're kind of that. that, that. <laughs> Preferably him, but. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that Kino? Is that is that a? <laughs> okay. So let's. So. Okay. Unfortunately, what you don't believe in is probably not Kabbalah. A Kabbalah, in a folks way has become the study of magic. How to do all sorts of neat tricks and Kabbalists do all sorts of tricks. Whatever that is, it is either not Kabbalah or it's a very ancillary part of it. And Kabbalah is an understanding of the Rebbeinu Shalom's ways of dealing with the world in a very abstract way. If I can give a marshal it's what mathematics is to physics, that's what Kabbalah is to Torah. Mathematics strips away the particular details and it tells me that if something increases its velocity in such and such a way, these are the results. Whether we're talking about a person going in a spaceship or we're talking about money producing, it's the same formula. The, 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 the natural log E, natural exponent E, stands for anything. Um, for, 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 for infinite compound interest, for bacteria, uninhibited bacteria producing. And the reason is because it's a more abstract way. So mathematics has an advantage, it's more abstract and fits many more things. It has a disadvantage, you know what you're talking about. Kabbalah is the understanding of the Drachma Kodesh Baruch Hu, stripped of details and just understanding abstract mahalchim. It's, it's a complex and difficult for many reasons. One of them is that we have a very hard time dealing with things that are totally abstract. And that's why if we open up a Kabbalah Sefer, we're clueless about what it is. Kabbalah requires that you speak about things and not really know nothing physical. And that's why it was, it was meant to, only for people big time Chachamim, and they have the ability to understand. It also requires to the Kedusha. That's Kabbalah. Look at the Sifar Rizal, look at, look at, at, at the Zohar, but the Sifar Rizal is the core Kabbalah. So, did, did, did people do tricks and things like that? There was something called Kabbalah Mises, um, stories about it. You can believe it, you cannot believe it. It's irrelevant. The Kabbalah that, that we have a Masoris on, going back a very long time ago, is, is, a, is a certain type of vocabulary and structure of understanding dark Hashem in a very abstract way. Um, the other stuff that you read about, some of it is, is just stories, and some of it might be true, but for whatever reason. So, two things. One, yeah. to get your definition down, it's kind of like, like, the, like how the world works, but yes. like the, saying the bare bones formulas for how everything runs. So you don't, it's not really, more of a, I guess, conceptual way of... Correct, correct. It is a conceptual way of understanding a Kaddish Baruch Hu's drachim in interacting with the world, correct. Okay. And then, 
But that my 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 problem with it is not so much like the stories like that, but it's like when people say if you scratch your hair, you forget your Torah and stuff like that. Like to me, that's so this is something else. This is called skula. The Gemara mentions a few things. Our 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 personal service in yeshivas is things that the Gemara mentions. A skula means. It, it, it exists for a reason that, that's not physical, and we have no understanding why. That's almost the, the word school almost means that. Our Messiah's Yeshiva says things that the Gemara mentions, those things are absolute. And we, we take it, whether we understand or not. Anything that's not mentioned in Gemara, we in Yeshivas, we tend very strongly to stay away from it, shy away from it. So things that are mentioned, many things people. I have all sorts of tales that come in from Geisha sources, from fairy tales. And that's why um, I, I would be... Uh, my message is very litvish, is to stay away from losing. Chazal said, Chazal said it. But very, now, scratching your head, the only thing that it says is you have to wash water, because that's all the covet of Torah. People's, a real scratching people's heads are filthy, you know, they've, they've got whatever it is, and it's not the covet to, to, to sit and learn or daven when your hands are dirty. That's all it is. Um, there are a handful of things that the Gemara does mention, and we stick to it because the Gemara mentions it. Well, it's a schooler. That's a, that's a Gemara, yes. But again, whether, whether what it means, why it is, how it is, we take it because if Chazal said it, they know what they're talking about. But anything that does not have a clear mocker of, of extremely reliable things, we, we our Messiah was to stay away from it because so much superstition has come into it that it's, it's, it's about a Zorah, not, not Torah. <coughs> What's your name? Chanoch Sanzer. Chanoch? Sanzer. From where? There, there's a Sanzer family in Silver Spring, related? Yeah. That's your grandparents? My, your cousins. My Okay, very nice, yeah. So what about, let's say, walking over someone or, let's say, cutting your It name? doesn't say, okay, walking like over somebody does not say any place that I know of, and therefore... You're not allowed to grow, you won't grow anymore, like, for example, like, I So, so I believe it's an old wife's tale, <laughs> and I believe, <laughs> and, and, and I believe a person should not... Uh, I have a mechutten um, in Toronto, he lives in the cold days, older person, and he's made it almost a life's hobby to debunk all sorts of things that have no makoros. And he, he sends out an email almost every day, you know, and he, what? He, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. And, and, and it's very, it's important to, to it, it, the, the Rajba writes in a tshuva that, you know, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu asked HaKadosh Baruch, he said, not can believe me, Kazan can believe me. And the Rajba writes in his tshuva, um, it is a mile of Klal Yisrael, that they only believe things that they have from their others bimisaurus. And anytime somebody comes along and says, well, I've got this great thing going, you greet him with a lot of suspicion until he proves himself. Um, a Navi has to prove himself. Coming along and saying, I am a great Navi, is not where it comes. You have to prove yourself. So those things they have bimisaurus on are, you know, are, are is, uh, you know, carved in stone. Anything else, it's, it, I, 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 one should not uh, get involved in it. Maybe scratch his head, so you'll figure out who's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sort of walking. Let's say the toenails. Is that toenails? Is a Gemara about it, again? Whatever the Gemara says is a Masoristos, and, and that's what it is. 
But it says also, that it's, so you're not allowed to leave it laying around. If you move it or whatever, go through, go through the Gemara. We, we stick to what it says because Chazal said it. And Chazal knew what they're talking about. The what? The I don't remember offhand. It says Chassid is a Seyref. It's not hard to find. But, uh, but, uh, Next one. I don't remember. Yes. Uh, Yechiel Brook, Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> what's, uh, well, if you had to give like one tip to like take a. Uh, you're working on a moon at like another level. What would, what would you, what would you say? Um, there's a pasuk that says, "Su maramenechem, lift up your eyes heavenwards, uruumi barayla, and see who created all of these." So people interpret this pasuk loosely, that just take a look at astronomy and so on and so forth, and wonderful. I, I had a little bit of a different emphasis in the pasuk. The first half of the Pasuk is Su Pick up your head. In other words, the, the first thing, the, the mood of a person looking for a moon has to be, you sit back and you begin to think. You're in a mood that's more serious. And you ask yourself, you know, in, in such an extraordinary world, who am I? What am I? Where did it all come from? Part of the part of the the, the, the Chazanish in Amuna Bitachin, when he sketches searching for Amuna, he starts with a, a, in the middle of a dark night, a person who's very sensitive is thinking, and his head is spinning with everything that's around him, and and trying desperately to get to the heart of the mystery of who, what, and so on. A lot of Amuna has to be. It's, it's, it has to be when you're in a, in a contemplative mood, in a serious mood, and, and we don't have a lot of that. You know, how much time has anybody ever spent sitting quiet to themselves in a, in a sort of, in a, in a undisturbed atmosphere? And, and being serious, ask yourself, does my existence have any meaning? If I would not be here, would the world be missing anything? If all of us would not be here? There's an article in New York Times um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago maybe, before I came here, is the world better off without people? I'm, I kid you not, this was a, 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 a major up-ed because since we basically destroy everything in the world, whereas the chipmunks and the, and, and the fish and the turtles, they all sort of feed the ecology well and we disrupt the ecology. So maybe the world would be a better place without people. That was the, the Shiloh put down, the contemplation. Um, but as, let, let a person ask himself, as a human, what does it mean that I'm human and different? That to kill a person is the most horrible thing to do? And to kill a, um, a, a, a cat, a dog, a sheep, even a monkey, is fine, is okay. Um, it's, it's certainly not the, uh, nothing I'm killing. Why? What am I? What about me makes me a different animal? Let a person contemplate and think about these things. I, I think the mood and the seriousness that one addresses it has a lot to do with the with the um, getting a, a firmer grip on it. Yes. Um, oh, well, you didn't. What, what's your name? Yeah, Goldstein You're Goldstein from Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. Um, what? Um, kind of going off of um, what you said, to say, when, when I personally like, I haven't haven't like had struggles with like I'm gonna choose and things like that. I pretty much understand that like God created the world and we're you know 
Um, but when it comes to like things like afterlife and reward and punishment and all those like the, the typical questions, like I, I try not to like ask questions. You know, I try not to like hear the other side really because I just like it's too complicated for me. Is that something like should you learn about it so you can answer, or is it something that like if you're fine without really knowing, you just like so if you ask when you say to learn about it we really need to ask ourselves what are we going to learn about it to describe all of Gehenim and Ganeiden there are no descriptions for it whatever descriptions you give are, are irrelevant it's, an, it's a conceptual thing it's, it's abstract it's nothing when you talk about rivers and you talk about this or that you're not, it, you're not a physical being there so, so learning about it, if that's what you mean, is not gonna, not gonna do it for you. Proving it with proofs, it, 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 they're not going to be the type of proofs where, you know, the way you can prove creation so on. But when a person <coughs> looks into self and thinks about what a human being, imagine, let, let's think a minute. If let's say we hear that somebody got away with tremendous, tremendous crimes he did. We really feel that this can't be. Something in us tells us this can't be. And what is that feeling? Where are coming from? HaKadosh Baruch Hu endowed us with a vague sense of emis, where we say to ourselves, it can't be that, that so-and-so killed so many people, so-and-so made so many people miserable, and nothing, he's gone off to his grave, and that's the end of it. We do feel very strongly that there's justice, and there has to be yeshtem yeshtayim. Those feelings come from somewhere. Um, I once asked somebody, he was a, he was a, a boy, I'm 18, 19, he was in my house many years ago. And he doesn't believe in anything, and so on and so forth, but he was extremely idealistic. He, was in, he came from a, vaguely from family, he was idealistic. And this was when apartheid was still uh, the policy in South Africa. So I asked him, would you go to South And he spoke about it constantly. I said, uh, Sam, I think his name was, would you go to South Africa and sacrifice your life for, to, to bring down apartheid? He said, absolutely. I said, what's the logic of that? Why should you give up your life for somebody else to live? Um, you know, my is the domos Like I don't say something. Maybe the question is, he die and you live, or you die and he live. How do you decide you're going to die? He should live. So he said, because I live many lives with my one life. So I said, okay, I, I've got a better way for you to go. Check yourself into a hospital, and have them operate on you. Take out one heart, two lungs. Liver gets chopped into many pieces. Pardon the pun two kidneys, um, and, and, and a lot of other stuff, you can save a dozen people with your body. Why don't you do that? So, you know, so I said, I'll tell you why. You're not measuring your life with other people's life. You don't like injustice. And something about injustice not being able to survive and wanting to topple it is in your blood. Where does that come from? The concept of justice and injustice. It's not, it's not a physical concept. It's something wrong and right is so deeply embedded in you that you won't sacrifice life for it. it those, those feelings are coming from a good place. 
And that's where it's coming from. This sense that we have justice. You know, a, a, a kid, a little kid, you know, when somebody takes a toy from them, they take it back. So that makes sense. But if let's say the other person grabs the candy and swallows it, you can't take it back anymore, you, you instead substitute giving the kid a patch. That's like kind of, you know, a, and, and the, the sense of it is to even out the score. That it can't be that, I, that this person has one more candy unjustly than I have. So at least if I give him a patch onto the ground, somehow justice has righted it again. We have those deep feelings. If a person is misboning on it, if a person is misboning on his own self and understands he wishes to perfect himself as much as he can here, but he hopes that for eternity there's some way for him to perfect himself. Every single person is geared to respond to reality in a real way. And yet, nobody wants to die. Nobody is interested in dying. Everyone resists dying. And the reason is, well, but that's unrealistic. Why, why would we resist it? The answer is because down deep we're programmed to live, not to die. And the life force in us is eternal. So, so those are the types of things that a person could think about and begin to get a feel for the concept of it. Because the details, there are, there are chazal about it, but those, they're all abstract. They're all are con concepts. And you're not going to get anything from that. Uh, free choice is more, uh, I that's like more, more of an example. Things like free choice and things like that, that like when you, or seeming contradictions in, in the Torah and things like that, like where you can, where you, there are answers. If you yes. learn everything in and out, is it important to, to go through the, the whole so, okay, so the answer is as follows. In a general sense, that's part of your, the Rambam's like Yisodia Torah, Sefer Amada. Those are important understandings of how we understand these things. These are fundamental concepts. So in a basic way, the answer is yes. In a more detailed way, um, the, the, it depends on you and your personal needs. There's also one more thing to remember um, that I think is, is very important in, these, in this area. In the realm of ideas, there's no absolute proofs and absolute disproofs. People who tell you, that the Ramban says this about Torah, that there's no mofis chotech. You cannot, there hasn't been a philosophic proof that hasn't been disproven, and a philosophic disproof that hasn't been dis disproven. It, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's ideas, and not every idea that sits well with one person is with another person. So if you're hoping to get the answer, then, then, then you're chasing a, a wind. But if you're hoping to get ideas and concepts that slowly, slowly begin to help you form a picture that's going to stay with you, the answer is yes. So, so first of all, never look for the answer because that doesn't exist. And second, for failure. No argument. The only place where absolute answers exist is mathematics. Even science, you know, there's a picture of how we think. I learned in high school, the books I had in high school for chemistry and physics are today outdated. And the, the atom doesn't look like that at all. It was Terrace Emerson when I was learning it, and it's, uh, it's a dinosaur today. The, the, so, so math is the only thing they haven't changed the answers since I remember. And, and they're not going to change. And, but everything else, and especially the world of ideas, but building a picture by being misboning on different things for a person who needs it is a, is a very important part of it.
Well, it says in Davin by Kiyata Shmerzila by Avarachman, it says there's a special prayer that you can ask. We say Shmakolina. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. So it says a special prayer. So, so it's, so our discussion with the Rebbe about it, like, does it actually help? So he said there was a, I'm not sure which Rebbe exactly said, you shouldn't say anything during your Shmerzila. It should just be Davin itself. Why does he hold of that? Curious, and what's it? I don't, I don't know. Um, I, you, you're quoting someone else. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where the person's coming from. Mm-hmm. I, um, there was, there, there are different, there were different approaches to to it. On the one hand, you can dab a special your miyuchadiket fillets. On the other hand, there's a problem sometimes since we relate so much better to our personal fillets that don't get into the feeling of what Chazal wanted in the general tefillahs. For us, Rifa'ina and Baruch Aleinu are basically the core issues and Shmak for maybe Shidduch, and that's it. Um, what about Yilashayim Ircha, Ashiva Shayfteinu, etc., etc.? So, Shmoneh is not meant only as a means to be Mishal, what you, you want to be Mishal. It's a means to give you a sense of what is prayer worthy? What shouldn't you always be being responsible for? So that's why I think it's important, and that's why that person, I, I, I don't know, I can't speak for someone, I didn't hear what the person said, but that's why I can understand somebody wants to de-emphasize those personal tefillahs so that you begin to get a feel for, for what I should guess Dola put into tefillah. That I could understand. Yes, what's your name? Uh, Tyler, Tyler Spear from Long Island. How, how, how are well, you? Well, speak. Which, which devil? Uh, Syosset. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, right. Yes, I never heard of it. I never heard of it either. So, uh, how That's because from Baltimore. Silver. I'll ask Bechila later, okay? It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. How does someone practically? How should someone practically make a kabbalas amachas So, I believe that for us, when it's personal, it's much easier. The sense for us kabbalas amachas means that our life is dedicated to bringing out something Kashbar who wants to bring out in this world. Our entire life is that. That's that's why we're here for everything we were given in terms of talents, abilities assets, etc. And, you know, on, on, it's, it's much easier to become a Shaman in the whole world than on yourself. And I think if we would focus and think a, sec, a, 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 a moment or two, it means that whatever I have is, is um, I, I was given a kit to construct something of Kvot Shemayim. And whatever abilities I have, it's all folks for that. Now, the Ramam says, and the Ramam says in Shemona Prakim, that there can mean a thousand activities. I could be taking a day off on the beach because if I take a day off on the beach, I'll be able to work more relaxed and I'll be able to earn what I need to eat and so on much more quickly, much more efficiently, and then I'll have more time and to spend in doing the core things I was created for. All of life includes billions of different pieces. The Rambam says our job is to align them all at Echad. If Hashem is Echad, then the purpose of my existence is Echad. And, and which means I have to be able to justify whatever I do in terms of the goal. And that's what Hashem Echad implies on us personally. 
Yeah. yeah, what's your name? Uh, Menachem Benamu from Ibn Shaya. There's a Benamu in Silver Spring, any relationship? Not at all. So, where you're from where again? Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne, yeah. Um, so, my question is about, let's say, like learning and working. How to, like in like day to day life, obviously, whatever that is, um, how to, I guess, you know, how much is, you know, enough to be like learning and working and. So in my days, they would have said, now a word from our sponsor. I wrote a book on it that just came out, and you can buy it in this place, and, uh, and it'll tell you everything you need to know, and you're all set for life. Yeah, what? Yeah, you have it here, okay. We actually wanted to get an autograph off. I should have mentioned it. The, the, um, it, it it's, it's something that is the struggle. It's, a, it's the positive struggle of a yeshiva person. If and when you leave yeshiva, you're struggling with it, that itself is the first point. And the hard part is retaining what we spoke about just now. It, it, when I make a cheshvan effort, what should I go to work at? So I need to take stock of what I can do, what's my ability. Uh, am I good at work? Am I good at office work? Am I good at uh, I case? You know, what, what would be my talents? That's one. What I need for Parnassa. And what will give me the best deal in Ruchnius? What will put me in an environment that's <coughs> least problematic? What will afford me quality time to be with the family, to learn, to daven like a mensch, and so on? As long as a person understands that, the problem is if our primary motive in, in a career is the glory of the career, that it's one time everyone says he's a high-powered attorney, then I'm going to shove everything else into a corner and compromise on it. If my thing is money, then, then the business that makes the most money may be the most challenging in terms of Yiddishkeit. It may take every waking hour of my day plus night hours. Um, and the question is, is it, what is my tachlis? And, and a person needs to honestly keep asking himself that and, and speaking over with the Rebbe or somebody. That, that's the first step in, in many, many other steps. But that step, I think, is the most important step. Yeah. Um, what, what's else? When is Shkia, first of all? I'm, I'm, I've Mincha challenged. 527. What? 527. <laughs> 527. Um, are you done Mincha ready? Yeah. What? What time do you know? 5.15. Okay, so I'm going to have to be there at 5.15. And, okay, so we have another 10 minutes. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. So, when, like, the Gemara says something, right? And it just, it doesn't, like, go well with like modern day science kind of like or just common sense like I don't know like stuff like the eye is like you know the most intricate part like or the most complex part of the human body or there's like four rivers that connect like in the world like by each corner and stuff like just stuff that just doesn't work like how are you supposed to so it's a big topic um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the approach that the morale has in the safe bear hagola the, the Maral wrote an immense amount of Svarim, and the Maral's point was to explain Agatha correctly. His basic premise was the Gemara is very big, and the Gemara's purpose is to teach us Torah, not science, not physics, not anything. When Chazal digress into Agatha about things that seem to have no bearing on Torah, they're teaching us Torah through using 
the commonly understood um, if, if, if features of the Bria. So none of these Gemaras are meant for the literal purpose, because why would it tell us how to cure ailments? That's, that belongs in a medical book, doesn't belong. You have to understand the Gemara, they tried to make the Gemara because people couldn't memorize all the material. They, they wrote it down as a heter of Esas Hashem. They tried to make it as brief as possible because the, 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 the more brief you can make it, the more people, the less it's liable to be forgotten, the easier to carry it around and so on. So the morale says Chazal was speaking more about the physical, about the conceptuality and physicality. Let me give you um, an example of what I would mean. Amaral is almost every Chazal is like that. He speaks the Marshall. Let's, let's say uh, Chazal, something, it says Adamarishan was created in the first hour, Akadish Prokhor prepared the earth. In the second hour, he mixed it with water. The third hour, he made a, a golem out of it. The, the, the next hour, he breathed life. Then he stood erect. Then, then he, he got married. They had two children, and all within 12 hours. What, what, what is Chazal telling us? What, what, is that, what is that timetable about? So each point in it is telling me a concept. Why, what, what are the different layers of a make other? It, it's not meant to tell you a literal timetable. Mm-hmm. It's meant to explain structurally. So, so the morale says every single point Chazal has to be understood. What is the point Chazal are bringing out? Agarita is Torah that's spoken in a metaphor. Let me give you a, 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 an example of something, not a Agarita, but something we could... Imagine we go to see a play, and, and this play is a very, very powerful, impressive play, and we're sitting, and because of two princes fighting, one of them burns the entire city down. Men, women, children, everything. And the play ends with, with devastation. And you're shaken, and you, and you turn to your guy and say, you know, take a look what jealousy does. It absolutely destroys an entire country. And he said, what are you talking about? It wasn't real fire. Didn't you see there was these lights going up and down, and then the stage went down and down? So he said, one second. You're talking about the technician in the back. I'm talking about the play that was presented to me. Mm-hmm. Chazal speak with pictures. It's so much more powerful when you say other missions stood erect. That means something. It means his head turned on top of his body and began to control the surroundings. Adam Arisha was mischaba to chava. That's the final stage in Adam Shlemus. Why was it 12 hours? So Moral says 12 hours is the entire compass of day. Just like man is, is everywhere in the world, he's, he's all present, all present. So, so all, any, any agarita that, that it's that, that is talking about things that are off, it means these are words and pictures used to describe them deeper. The morale is the, is the most powerful mefarish on this. Um, the Goyen is much more cryptic. It's hard to understand the Goyen. The Goyen also says this. The Goyen says, there's a, he, he says on a certain Pasik, it says about, there's a, there's a Perik, Perik and Gimel in Yeshaya about Mashiach, Melech Mashiach, that his face is terribly distorted, like grotesque. And Hoide Moshchos. So he says that um, this is referring to the Chalokim of Torah who are presented to us in ways that turn people off, like 
the Agadites in Baba Basra. There's a sugya of Rabbi Arhuna, Rabbi Hana, he was, he was, they were going, traveling on these oceans and they saw these monsters, crazy things. The Goyen says, these are the deepest concepts in Torah, and for whatever reason, Chazal chose it to tell us in stories that really, any, any causal reader would be kind of, any intelligent causal reader would be turned back. And he says, it's part of the chisern of Torah, whatever reason he gives. This is, it's, it, he says, just like the Peric describes that Melach Mashiach at first will seem to us misshapen, grotesque, turn off, so too these halak of Torah are like that. So, so it, wherever you see a chazal that on pshat level it seems kind of strange, it has depth to it. The morale is a great sefer, not an easy sefer always, but it, and the Benish Chai actually is also extremely good. He wrote the, it's called Yayada Benayau. Yes, two svarim that are major. M- most of it is explaining that. It's pretty meta to explain it. What? It's pretty meta to explain it like through a parable about the parables. <laughs> it could call it a parable squared. Ah, <laughs> a parabola. But but yes, but you know what? You can convey so much more through a story, and it's and it's so much more powerful when you convey something in a story. I'll finish with one more. The Balatanya who lived in Russia at a time when was, Russia was always not an easy country for Jews. The Tsar was 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 not particularly nice. He wanted a, he wanted to. Um, he wanted to make a decree driving Jews out of certain towns. So when he made the pale where Jews were driven out into a, a small settlement, and it meant many people dislodged, had no parnasa, it was very, very destructive. And about Tanya went to try to dissuade him, and they had an argument, and he said that your Talmud is full of lies and exaggerations. It says there's, there's a Gemara about a bird that came and dropped something and destroyed the entire island, etc., etc. So Batanya said to him, my dear Zah, he said, my dear Zah, he said, your, 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 your uh, eminence, future historians will say that with one drop of ink, the Zah drowned 100,000 Jews. Will that be an exaggeration of the truth? In other words, your signing of the decree is a destruction. So it's so much more powerful when you say it that way. When you, and Chazal had these, and that's why I got it so striking, because they're very vivid pictures. So we need to understand what those pictures mean. But they spoke with a marshal. Um, the wisest of men wrote a book of his wisdom. He called it Mishle. He called it the book of metaphors. Because real wisdom is given best in a metaphor uh, rather than, than a philosophical form. And therefore, the whole Sefer Mishnah deals about a, a woman that's not faithful, a man that goes away, and it's all talking about something else. Okay, I'm sorry I have to go. I, I, I see the Olam is, very, is a very, very intelligent, engaged Olam, but I have. Uh, okay, let's say that. Mm-hmm.